What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. I don't know what episode it is anymore. I've lost track, but I do know this is episode three of Penguin Prattle. Um, we are now 12 games into the season. We are three games away from when we last spoke. We spoke last probably four or five days ago now. Um, just as October was, uh, the October games for the Penguins had ended, we are looking forward to the November slate which is pretty huge for every team. Um, just this week, we had like 12 games on Tuesday, I believe, 13 games on Thursday, and then 14 games on Saturday. Um, so pretty crazy uh, week in and of itself. Um, but the Penguins also just kind of have a a large... Uh, one of those teams that also just has a large number of games, big, big schedule. Um, and the few games that we looked ahead at um, to start November was the game at home on the first against the Ruins, then the game the next, the very next day um, in West New York against Buffalo, um, and then the game against the Kraken, which was just yesterday. Um, and when we last spoke, the Penguins were on a four-game winless streak, and we talked about all, you know, what if they go five or six, it'll be the first time since 2012, discounting the COVID year, obviously. Um... You know, um, you kind of had to look at this Penguins team and you kind of had to think, well, they're going to turn it around, aren't they? You know, they always do. They're a good team, they and they should. Well, uh, November 1st rolls around, and we have a home game against the Bruins. And uh, this this game perfectly sums up how the year has gone so far. Um, the next... The next these, next two games, the home game against the Bruins and the away game against the Sabres, they both really encapsulate the vibe of the Penguins this year, you know, um, but let's just get into it, so, uh, Bruins game, it's a, it's a hot start, it's a, right out the gate start, Crosby scores 30, 30 seconds in, uh, unassisted, gets the team going, gets it on his back, they, uh, this was all, they all had mustaches, by the way, they all still do, actually, for the Movember thing, or the movement, or November or whatever, I don't know, November, I don't know what it's called, um, but they all have mustaches, um, and they're all ugly as shit, um, but anyways, at least from what I've seen, they all look ugly, I don't, I don't know, I'm not really paying attention to that, Malkin didn't have one against the Bruins, um, and he, that was the best one, there was no mustache, but anyways, um, he would open the scoring early, but the, the Bruins would come back in the first, courtesy of Coyle and Lauko, um, Five minutes in and 13 minutes in, respectively. So it'd be 2-1 Bruins after one. Um, not really panicking at this point yet. Um, there was, it was a very even game to this point. This was one that was on um, uh, ESPN, like like the their like pr- premier broadcast or whatever, like the Hockey Night uh, broadcast. Um, this was on there. Um, so we got a full a full. Uh, a full showcase here. Everybody in the world got to see the Pens absolutely shit the bed. Um, but, in, you know, in the second period, uh, Malkin scored minute 47 in to even it. Penn scored again with Archibald at 8.42, then again with Rust at 11.16, then again with Raquel at 11.36. Onslaught of goals in the second period. At this point, um, Olmark got pulled. I should mention, should have mentioned all this stuff to start. Still, whole, still new at this whole podcast thing, but it was Jari versus Olmark in the net. Uh, Latang was out due to illness, and Carter was out. I think it's a lower body injury. 
it's 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 upper body or lower body. It was a 50-50 guess. Um, but the Penguins come out in the second period and score five goals within like first 11 and a half minutes. They were just absolutely on fire. Um, I wouldn't say they had a majority, like a huge majority of the possession, but they definitely had more shots by this point. Definitely looked a more convincing um, in in the offensive end, like they were finishing their chances, whereas the Bruins weren't. And it was going it was going smoothly. It was going the Penguins away. Uh, three goal lead. You know you were down two one. You pull out a five two goal five two lead. Bam! This game's over. This game is over. I know it's you're only halfway through, but the Penguins are a good team. They'll shut them down. I know the Bruins at this point were eight and one, or nine and one, something like that. They were hottest team in the NHL. But you got a three goal lead on them. You got to close this out. Well, Marshan would score a power play goal uh, about a minute and a half later. I think there, in this game there was also another uh, um, Mike Sullivan coaches challenge, um, which is all that's been doing is saving us from more embarrassment. Because every time Sullivan's challenged, I'm pretty sure the Penguins have lost. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they go on to lose the game every time he challenges something. Um, so it, it just saves us from more embarrassment, taking the goals back. Like, we would have lost by more. But anyways... So it makes it 5-3 pens. But they take that lead into the third. The You know, it was only on the power play. So maybe just don't give up so many penalties and let's control the rest of this game. Well, unfortunately, they'd go on to... Um, I think they'd get another penalty in the third. It's been a few... It's been like five or six days. Five days now. I'm not really entirely sure how this game exactly went. Um, but they'd give up, I think, a penalty through in the third. Really, Bruins had a lot of the momentum in the third. They capitalize on it 12 minutes in, courtesy of Zaka. And then Penguins did that. They really just did this patented, like, sit back and hope, don't apply any pressure on the offense and hope your defense can hold hold strong. Um, genius strategy by the coaches there and the players, and um, it worked to perfection. They definitely did not let one go in in 18.43 minutes to tie the game, and they also didn't let it, didn't uh, lose in overtime. That didn't happen. Uh, spoiler alert, that happened. Uh, an extremely, extremely embarrassing loss here for the Penguins. Yes, as a spectator, as a neutral spectator, you were like, damn, this was a cool game, lots of scoring, back and forth, big comebacks, both sides. As a Penguins, as a Penguins player, as a Penguins coach, as a Penguins fan, wow, 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 just wow. Um... You let one slip against Edmonton. You had the lead there. You had a goal. You had a multiple, or you didn't have multiple goal lead, but I think you scored first against Vancouver. And um, you had a one goal lead against the Kraken at one point. Um, yeah. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Let's just to say the least. Blowing a three goal lead. You're up 5 2. You have all the momentum. You get that penalty. Marshan gets the power play. And Bruins ride that to the end of the game. Just one of the most embarrassing displays I've seen. And we'll get into what I think about the team towards the end. But that's how the Bruins game went. Um, we'll get into some stats real quick for you. The Penguins had 38 shots on goal. A 44.9 faceoff percentage. So that's kind of been a trend lately. Is that the Penguins have been struggling more in the faceoff. Power play went 0 for 4. Penalty minutes only 6. 48 hits. That's a huge hit number. Um, which, you know, you might say, well, they're getting a lot of hits. I guess that's good. But hits kind of generally mean you're chasing the puck more than you have the puck. If that makes sense. Like, you wouldn't be hitting if you had the puck. You would be hitting if the other team has the puck. So the more hits you have, that's kind of a sign of the less 
less time you have the puck, which is obviously not a good thing. Um, eight giveaways, uh, quite a few, not double digits, so it's, it's fine. Uh, and it's especially fine because they had 14 takeaways. So again, you gotta love that positive ratio. Um, Bruins had 40 shots on goal, so very even shots on goal total. Um, but they won the faceoff percentage, 55.1. They went one for three on the power play. Eight penalty minutes, 38 hits. They also had quite a few, not quite as many as the Penguins. The Penguins just had an absurd amount this game. Um, Bruins, again, also had a positive giveaway-takeaway ratio. Four giveaways to six takeaways. So that's how the game against the Bruins went. And honestly, if, if this game by itself, like if 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 you're not in a... If, if the Penguins had not lost four straight before this one, like if they had just, I don't know, won a couple of them, maybe, um, and they kind of just went into this game, you know, two good teams, and you lost like this, yeah, it's a bad way to lose, but you, you played tough against, at that time, I think the Bruins were the best, had the best record. They I think they still have the best record in the NHL. Um, they're just on fire right now. Um, and you played them very evenly. Like, you played a very even game. Um, you just, you, your power play struck out, um, and you were chasing the puck a little bit. And any team against, like, the top-rate team, they would have taken that. It's a brutal way to lose, but it is OT, so you did collect at least one point. Um, so you do have that to go home with, I guess. But the fact that it's off a four-game losing streak really makes the comeback hurt that much worse. The Penguins really needed this one. And this is one of those deals where you could see it coming. Um, I knew, I knew the minute the, the, the Bruins with like, they were down four, four or five and they had, there was like two and a half minutes left and they had a solid like 40 second, 40, 50 minute of full on offensive pressure. At that point, I knew I was sitting there with Cole right next to me. We knew that's, it's over. It's over there. We the the, Peng, the Bruins hadn't even scored yet. We knew it was coming, and it did. It was a blue line shot, I believe, from Hall. I think it was like a blue liner that got through. But man, you saw that coming. We didn't even watch the overtime. We knew exactly how it was gonna end. And you look at that, six five. Like we just did not did not even watch it. The Penguins up to this point didn't have any momentum. They didn't have any momentum to go back from the last few games either. There was no, we couldn't think of a single way the Penguins could win this one, and so we didn't watch the ending. We didn't even not even watch the overtime. I did not even watch the highlights. I don't even know. I know Lindholm scored. I don't know how he scored. Bergeron set him up. That's all I got. We scored three three minute three and a half minutes into it. I couldn't tell you how. I couldn't tell you where anybody was. Couldn't tell you who was on the ice other than who scored. That's I. We just did not care enough to watch them lose this game. And man. When you when you have that feeling as a fan, that's not good. That is not good. You know your your club is in a bad place when the fans can tune. The fans can know the outcome before the outcome is do, is done. That's like Vancouver behavior. <laughs> that's that's Vancouver behavior. That's Vancouver fan behavior. We're not Vancouver. We're the Penguins. God. Well, would not get any better the following day. Game 11 at Buffalo. It's DeSmith in net versus Eric Comrie. Uh, Carter was out again in this one. Latang was back. Latang was only gone for the Bruins game due to illness. Um, and I know I said all that stuff about Latang should get less minutes. Well, then he didn't play for the Bruins game. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder how the defense will play. And, you know, halfway through the game, I was like, okay, it's not been bad. They've allowed two. Um, okay, three after the second. And then they allowed that onslaught at the end. It's like, okay, well, didn't change a thing. 
Um, but in the first period of this one, again, it, it would be a so-so start. Uh, Penguins would get the first goal courtesy of Zucker. This was the reverse retro game, by the way. Um, if you haven't seen the reverse retro jerseys for the Penguins, you should. They are... This is biased. This is biased, probably, but I need an outside opinion, a non-Penguins fan opinion. They're definitely the best retro reverse retros. That Robo Penguin is hot. It is a hot product, man. Holy shit, man. That, those jerseys look sick. The pants are a little bit funky with it, but I don't care. The, the, the Robo Penguin makes up for it. It's so sick looking. Um, but anyway, Zucker scored six and a half minutes in and did the Armour Yager salute. So that was kind of cool to see. Malkin got the assist. Um, I would recommend doing that only if you win the game. Like, that, that, that should be a preface. Like, you should win the game after you do that. Like, you can't do a, a st superstar legend player salute and then not win the game. Well, the Penguins would proceed to not win the game. Um, it would go into the first intermission, 1-0. And the Penguins would get another one, six, just under six minutes into the second period, courtesy of Archibald, um, paling him again on the assists. Um, I should uh, I should mention, McGinn had two assists in the game against the Bruins, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, his first two assists, he get his third one here. Um, but uh, just at the end of the second period, the Sabres would get one uh, to cut the deficit in half, courtesy of Paterka. Um, and, you know, after two periods, you couldn't really feel good as a Penguins fan, because at this point, Buffalo had most of the puck. And they just kind of were struggling a little bit to create those clear-cut chances in the offensive half. Like, they had had shots on that, and they had a couple of good ch chances, but they were really struggling to create anything, like, game-breaking and something that they could score, like, relatively easy on. Um, but that, that would come. That would come in the third period. Don't you worry. Um, but I do have to say, um, eight seconds into the third, Gensel scored... Um, off the face-off, the, well, the Penguins went into the period on a power play. And off the face-off, Crosby wins the face-off. Malkin, he wins He wins it, the puck drops to Malkin, who gives it to Latang, who plays a beautiful saucer pass right, be, right behind it, everybody on that Buffalo team, straight on against Gensel's stick, and he absolutely bangs it top shelf um, against Comrie. Beautiful goal, all sides, all, all around, a beautiful, beautiful goal. That was incredible to watch. Um, but that was about the uh, only incredible thing that happened in that third period because the rest of the 19 minutes and 52 seconds was all Buffalo. It was all Buffalo. Um, and there was a few penalties here at the end for Penguins. Um, Buffalo didn't capitalize on all of them, but they did on one that, on their second goal. Tage Thompson got a power play goal three minutes and 21 seconds into the period. Olofsson would tie the game six minutes and 30 seconds in. Tuck would take the lead for the Sabres, 10 and a half minutes in, and Postal and Olofsson would boost their stats with a couple of empty netters at the end of the game. Man. Um, just an abysmal showing from the Pens on this day. Um, the defense, horrid. Um, yes, that Owen Power assist was pretty sick. Probably Would have probably gotten most goalies to come out like that. DeSmith got made. He got. He was a fool. He got made. He got. He got made a fool of on that one. But man, just a terrible, terrible defensive showing, and it depends. Fall apart again in the third period. Holy cow, man! Just, 
just, it's, uh, why even write the book if the people know how it ends already? God, man, it's so frustrating to watch, um, and I'm sure it's frustrating for, for the players, you know, after this, I, you know, there was a couple of interviews with Crosby where, I'm gonna be honest, he said what, the right things, you know, you got to, you have to, um, take ownership and you can't sully, and he said something like, well, yeah, we know how we're playing, we're playing terrible, but we can't wallow in it, we can't, we can't feel sorry for ourselves, we gotta go out there and do it, and, and get some wins, and they just, they're not able to do that right now, and that's on them, you know, they're, the players feel like, hey, we're just, we're just sucking, like, that's how they feel, which, you know, that's great, that's, you know, that's it's some self-responsibility, and, you know, you're not, they're not blaming anybody but themselves, you know, they, they could be sitting there and blaming the coaches, blaming the schemes, blaming the refs, blaming whoever, whatever, whenever, but they're not, they're taking ownership, which is good to see, that's always good to see from your team, um, but, this was a bad one against the Sabres, um, and it shows it in, like, the stats in general. Yes, the Penguins did win the faceoff percentage, 54.2 to 45.8. However, the Sabres had 33 shots on goal to the Penguins' 21, lowest shot on goal total of the year. Power play went 1 for 3. Uh, for the Sabres, it went 1 for 4. Penguins, 10 uh, penalty minutes, 12 hits. Sabres, 8 penalty minutes, 8 hits, so a lot less physicality in this game. Um, three giveaways, three takeaways for the Penguins, seven giveaways, seven takeaways for the Sabres. So that's how that game would end. At this point, the Penguins have a six-game losing streak, and the world is ending. So just a few days later, Penguins get a couple of rest days. Feels like the first day, first time they've got two days of rest all year. Um, they'll take it into the uh, home game against the Kraken. They played them in Seattle um, a couple games ago. But now, it's in Pittsburgh. It's the same two starting goalkeepers as last time. Tristan Jari versus Martin Jones. Um, out for this game again would be Carter. Um, and also, Jared McCann, for those of you who care. He used to be a Penguin. Um, he was out for the Kraken. Uh, for the Kraken. Um, in this game would be Drew O'Connor. He got a start today. And Sam Poulin also got a start. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, but this game, this game was... Um, kind of what you needed to see from the penguins um but not the whole not the unit as a whole and i'll get into that after i get into the score line so no score after the first uh penguins would open it up 1-0 courtesy of crosby um five minutes 24 seconds in in the second about uh, kraken would get one back a couple minutes later courtesy of dunn then in the third period the kraken would score again making it 2-1 courtesy of gord we got uh, an assist from uh brandon tanev Oh, it's also a former Penguin. Uh, Penguins would even it up. Gensel would get one. And then Crosby and Latang would be on that in on that assist. And that would be Crosby's 900th assist, which is pretty cool. But didn't matter uh, because the Kraken win the game. Brandon Tanev, at uh, 16 minutes and 21 seconds, uh, puts one in the net. And the Penguins lose 3-2. to two. This was the Crosby show. Oh, man. He, uh, he seemed determined out there to force the Penguins to win this game. And yet, even even he even he could not do it. Everybody knows how great Sidney Crosby is. Even he couldn't do it. And man, oh man, Penguins were down. Or it was tied 2-2. And uh, Crosby is going crazy at this point. Because the Penguins had scored because... Or... Mm, the Penguins, the third goal would be, be Crosby would take a penalty. 
he wasn't happy about it. And I guess I can see why. It was a big tangle up, and they just kind of called Crosby for it. It was Crosby who initiated the hit, so if they were going to call a penalty, Crosby was the right guy to do it on. It's kind of a bang-bang play. It's whatever. Sometimes you get the call, sometimes you don't. Um, but, that, but all throughout this third period, this man was on a fucking mission to win this goddamn game. And it escalated when the Kraken scored and took the lead 2-1. to Because um, holy cow, some of, these, some of those things he was doing were insane. Um, he had a he had a moment. I mean, he, he was essentially on ice the entire third period. That's the only way I can put it. And when he was out there, he was doing insane things. He was going past anybody in his way. He's getting insane hits. I, I making insane deke moves. He did a sliding Alex Ovechkin style shot on his fucking legs and dove at it and shot it and almost made it. God. That would have been the goal of the fucking season for the Penguins right there. Um, and it also would have saved him the game because it would have put him up 3-2, giving him a chance to win it. Unfortunately, I think at the end of this game, the Penguins got a little bit too uh, top-heavy. Um, they kind of just started switching out first and second line, and they were not giving like third or fourth line any time on the ice in that third period. It didn't. They weren't even like at the very at last minutes of the game. This was like five minutes into the period they started just rotating first and second first and second um oh maybe not five minutes like nine or ten minutes into the into the third they started rotating first second line um and i was thinking in my head man it's going to come back to bite us these players are going to get tired i don't know i wasn't really paying attention if the defense was doing that too but i would have to assume so um but man i was i was just thinking oh god i hope they're not tired i hope they're not getting tired i hope they can just do this the whole rest of the game and get something from it and of course they couldn't and man oh man the penguins lose again seven straight losses a heartbreaker here and you know the penguins really have the most control in this one 37 shots to the kraken's 28 57.1 faceoff percentage 0 for 3 on the power play but the kraken were also 0 for 3 which means uh, both teams had six penalty minutes Peng, uh, very even hit stats, 34 for the Penguins, 35 for the Kraken. Eight giveaways, nine takeaways for the Pens. Five giveaways, 13 takeaways for the Kraken. Really super uh, super positive giveaway-takeaway total for the Kraken there. But Penguins P- Penguins players probably would have felt like, hey, they should have had this one. Um, it's a little, a little bit more even than maybe some of the shots on goal and face-off percentage stats say. Um, but, man, big factor again, the Ofer on the power play. Um, just not really getting it done. And... I just, just seven in a row. I didn't bother looking up any stats like, oh, how long has it been since they lost seven? Or what, 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 something like that, you know? I'm just, I'm I'm too depressed, okay? I can't, I'm not going to do that to myself, to you, to anybody else. I'm not going to do that, all right? They'll they'll win eventually, it happens, um, even if they stumble and do it. But, you know, this exclamation point on a bad bad start to the year and I want to touch on something real quick um the Maple Leafs were in a very similar situation to the Penguins um entering November and it was that both the teams I believe had had four straight losses and both were looking at their next three games to capitalize and bounce back and get at least two wins well the Leafs unlike the Penguins, won all three of their upcoming games, and they played tough opponents. They played the Bruins yesterday on the... F- oh, they played the Bruins on the 5th? F- 
and they played Carolina today, I believe. Or maybe they played the Bruins on the 4th and played Carolina yesterday. I don't remember anymore. But, anyways, out of the three games they played, they, they beat the Bruins and they beat the Hurricanes. A couple of top-notch teams, they bounced back from that four-game loss streak. They bounced back. They sh- they proved, hey, what what did I say after that four-game losing streak? We need the Penguins need to prove that they're a team that needs to be feared by by the top teams, by the teams make trying to fight for a playoff spot, by the wild card guys. They need to prove that they need that they are a team that needs to be feared. They didn't. As far as I'm conter- I'm concerned, they didn't. Well, Toronto had the same objective, in my opinion. They needed to prove that they were a team that needed to be feared. And what did they do? They did that. They did that. They won three straight. They won against two top-notch teams. In my opinion, the Toronto Maple Leafs are, a na- I, I, in my eyes, I see them as a team that, that needs to be feared now. If they go, if they drop two, two, three games like the Penguins did, who's taking the Leafs seriously? It's And it's the same thing at this point. Who's taking the Penguins seriously now? Losing, not even losing to top, top-notch, top-caliber teams, losing against teams you should be beating, frankly, and an embarrassing, embarrassing start to the year. Yes, we won those first four games, and that's very helpful. Man, it's been rough lately, and it's hard to see when it's going to end. Um, as we know, the November schedule is packed, but they do have three days off until their game against the Capitals. It's so it's away in Washington. Um, on the ninth, Capitals are in like a very similar situation to the Penguins. I think they have like a very similar record. Um, I think the Penguins are four six and two. The Caps, as I'm recording this, are five six and two. Um, so two very similar teams in very similar situations, not starting off the year how they want to. Um, so two teams looking to get back on track, especially the Penguins. Um, but that's the start of one of those uh, three games in four days uh, trips that I was talking about last episode. Um, because they play the Caps at the 9th, then they play the Leafs in the, uh, at the 11th, and then they play at the Canadians on the 12th. So, again, three games in four days. You gotta, gotta win one of them, right? Like, you gotta win eventually. You don't lose every game all year, right? Oh, man, I don't know what to say at this point. It's, uh, it's embarrassing. It is hella embarrassing, man. Um... Gosh, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch this team play sometimes some of these games knowing that at any moment they could throw it all away. Um, but let's get into I guess I guess this is a positive. The points leaders for the Penguins after they've played 12 games: Crosby leads with 14, six goals, eight assists; Malkin with 12 at five goals and seven assists; Gensel at 10 with six goals and four assists, and he's only played eight of the 12 games. And he's still third on the uh, on the points list, so that that's probably not what you'd see. You would like to see. You'd like to see some other players scoring more than a guy who's only played eight games. But that just shows how valuable Gensel is. Uh, Rust and Zucker are sitting at eight. I believe Rust is at four goals, four assists, and Zucker's at two goals, six assists. Um, and then at number five is Latang with seven points. Um, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about how I feel about Latang. You guys know what I said last episode. About all that stuff, oh god, what what's this guy getting into now? It's Latang this, Latang that. What the fuck is wrong with Chris Latang? There's nothing wrong with Chris Latang, okay? He, he 
it's gotten worse. I will say that plus minus now is down to, I believe, a negative seven. Plus minus, yes, down to a negative seven. And his D D DPS is still at negative 0.1. So that hasn't changed. Um, but I, I, what the fuck, man? What's going on with Chris Letang? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But uh, I mean, everybody right now has a... Nearly everybody has a plus minus that's that's negative. It's it's not good. Um, like half the roster is negative negative plus minus, so it's hard to look at. But at the top of that plus minus list, um, I, I spoke about it last time. But plus minus is essentially um, when you're on the ice, it takes your goals for and subtracts your goals against. So when Jan Rud is on the ice, he leads our team with a seven plus minus. So when Jan Rud has been on the ice this year. The team has scored seven more goals than it's allowed. And that's basically the gist of it. Uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, another defenseman, is right behind him at five. Those are two plus-minus leaders. It's almost like we should be giving the other guys a little bit more time on the ice. Ricard Raquel sitting at four. Pedersen sitting at four. Archibald sitting at three. Are you kidding me? Brock McGinn's at two. Zucker's at one. Paling's at one. Well, it's like all the third and fourth line guys, right? Right. So why aren't they on the ice more? Why why exactly are are they on the bench the entire third period of the cracking? Why is that? Why why oh yeah okay yeah maybe we should start thinking about playing them more, play them more, use all of your players. You have twenty three players. The NHL has blessed you with twenty three players. Use them for Christ's sake. Use them. Anyways. Anyways, that's over. Um, let's look at some average time on ice here. Nothing's changed. Chris Letang still leads. Kill me. Jeff Petrie behind him. Brian Dumlin behind him. And then you got Crosby, Gensel, Malkin. And then you have Patterson in there. Rust and Raquel. Um, still some flip-flopping going on with Rust and Raquel. Still some flip-flopping going on between Heinen, Zucker, Carter, blah, 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 all that, all that garbage. Um, all those players are all flipping around. Um... They kind of just throw them in whenever they need them. Um, Heinen still getting only 13 minutes, 40 seconds. Get that up, please. Jason Zucker is playing 15 minutes, 37 seconds. Heinen's got to have... Give him, like, just as many. Come on, just give him more. Give him more time. Give Kapitan more time in the eyes. Give Paling. Even out these numbers a little bit. It's not working. Try something new. And it, you know what? I can't really say it's not working because the 5-on-5 five five scoring-wise has been all right. Like, the Penguins can score. And five on five. I actually have it with me here. They're ninth in goals for right now, um, and they're fifth in expected goals for. So it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're scoring fine in five on five. Um, so maybe you know whatever. But the defense has got to change. Um, but I'll get into that a little bit. Let me let me talk about the goalies first because um, it's not been great. Um, Jari now has a save percentage of point nine oh three, a goals allowed average of three point three eight. Not a great number. Um, he is 4-3-1 on the year. DeSmith has, this, has a save percentage of .904 and a goals allowed average of 3.25. Um, so, been like slightly better to start the year. Um, but these guys both have had stinkers recently. DeSmith, by the way, still looking for his first win. He's 0-3-1. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a bad bad seven games, I guess. Um, the losing streak's at seven. As I mentioned, they're ninth in goals for the Penguins are, but they're 26th right now in goals allowed. I believe they have 42 goals for, 44 
goals allowed. That is good for 26th in the league. And um, they are getting outscored heavily, heavily in third periods. Third periods are getting outscored 13 to 19. I just said that their goals allowed is 44. They have allowed 19 of those in the third period. That is just under half of their goals allowed are in the third period. Um, and it's especially bad on the road. On the road, their split is uh, four goals scored, 12 goals scored against on the road. That is especially bad. God, it's hard to look at. Um, but yeah, bad, bad defensive numbers. Um, they are 19th in the power play right now at 20%. That's not that's middle of the pack, but you got to be better in this league if you want to win the Stanley Cup. Um, 26th also in penalty kill. Um, penalty kill is at 73.2 right now. Not doing good there. Not doing good there at all. Nearly last in the league. Basically letting up, letting up one a game. This is what that is, you know. That's basically saying, all right, we're gonna we're gonna foul you three or four times a game, and you're gonna score at least one of those, um, which doesn't sound bad necessarily, but it's bad. It's bad. It's good for 26th, um, and it only gets worse. It only I mean it only it only gets worse from there. Um, and they are 28th right now in shots allowed per game, so they're allowing 34.8 shots per game. They're only ahead of the Blue Jackets, the Flyers, the Coyotes, and the Ducks. The Coyotes and the Ducks suck ass, and the Flyers and the Blue Jackets are also, funnily enough, both in the Metro division. Um, so the Metro's just allowing shots everywhere. Um, but yeah, man, lots of lots of shots allowed, and again, that's got a lot to do with defense. And not just your defense playing defense, but your offense playing defense. Allowing a lot of shots means you're, not only are your defenders not playing Defense, your offense isn't really forechecking, you're not really getting any backchecking, you're not really pressuring the other team to take away those shot opportunities, you're kind of just letting them happen. Um, so that's been really bad. Uh, the possession quality has been, eh. As I mentioned, they're fifth in expected goals for, um, and they're sixth worst in expected goals against, um, which that goes back, that goes in line with the numbers basically, uh, that they actually have. Uh, as for scoring chances, though, they are 6th in high danger uh, scoring chances for and 10th in high scoring chances or high danger scoring chances against. Um, to break it down, a high danger scoring chance includes shot from like the slot area and rebound shots. So those are high danger scoring chances. They're 6th in those. They're 6th in those uh, for them. So that's pretty good, and that goes about in line with our offensive numbers. They're actually 10th in those against. So they're not giving up too many high danger scoring chances but the other teams are still scoring how's that add up um they're 29th in penalty minutes a game that's great they're 28th in opposing penalty minutes for game that's not great but it's kind of hard to just kind of draw fouls um but i feel like if you're on the puck more you'll draw more fouls that's kind of how that works um so i don't know I don't know, so good job not giving up too many penalties, bad job not forcing the opponent to give penalties. So we've talked about all these stats, you know, penalty shots allowed, expected goals for, high danger chances. So what's wrong with this team? And it's mainly the back half, and when I say the back half, I mean defense and goaltending. Uh, yes, the power play is struggling. Yes, the PK is struggling, but the Penguins can score 5-on-5. Five five. That's not too bad of an issue sometimes um 
So they're still able to score five on five. Uh, they do need to get the special teams figured out, but I think that's second-hand to the defense. Um, the goaltending is going to have to fix itself. That's just kind of how it has to work. It just hasn't been good. just hasn't really been, yeah, just hasn't been good. And that kind of just has to fix itself. So Jari and DeSmith just have to be better. Um, can't really do anything else but that. Um, but so how do you fix the defense? That's As I mentioned, that's the number one struggle here. Um, disclaimer, I don't know shit about nothing. So, I'm going to say things, and they might not make any sense. And I'm not a coach. I've only just started watching in the NHL, like, this year. Like, I, I've watched the Penguins last year, but I started watching them, like, January, February. It's, like, halfway through the season. Um, this is the first time I've actually started watching a season. Um, so, I'm new to this stuff, but there's some things I'd like to see the Penguins try. Uh, first, I'd like to see them try new line pairings. Um, you know... Maybe you've got the right schemes, maybe you're coaching, you've got the right schemes, but you just got a couple of wrong line pairings. And the you know, the right guys need to go together to make the scheme work. And maybe just right now we don't have the right guys together. And in my opinion, I think we have the wrong guys getting too much ice time, um, and the wrong guys getting not enough ice time. And that goes for the whole that goes for the whole team really, not just the defense. But the defense too, it's letting in too many it's letting in too many goals, it's not been good enough. Um, and you know what? If the Penguins don't have the right guys, if you start to figure out that, hey, this Penguins, guy, they're, they're not the right guys for this. Maybe it's time to trade for the right guys. You know, if you believe in Mike Sullivan and you believe in his coaching style, you'll trade for assets that he wants. Um, you'll trade for the guys that he wants. So maybe, you know, they kind of overhauled the defense after this uh, this offseason. Um, maybe you got to do it again midseason. You got to change something. You can't just lose every game. Um, so that's the first thing I'd try. Uh, second, yeah, you got to get more aggressive in the forecheck. Um, make your offense play defense, essentially. That way, your terrible defense doesn't have to play defense. That's essentially what I'm getting at. Your offense needs to play more defense. Your defense, your terrible defense doesn't have to play defense. It makes perfect sense. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Try your best to not have your terrible-ass defense play defense. Make other people do it. It's a genius idea, actually, I think. It's it's just super I'm just a super genius um I think the offense needs to be more aggressive when it comes to forechecking chances I think they need to be a lot I think they need to hustle more they need to get their they need to get their ass back when it comes to defense I see guys walt waltzing back to the bench not skating hard enough to get back into the play did you see that play I was it doll no 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 the guy for the red wings what's his name is it Darlene? that's that's a savers guy Oh shoot! I don't know. I don't remember his name, but he plays for the Red Wings. He made that incredible hustle, get back in the play, play on defense, stop a fucking empty netter, and then the, they scored right after that. They, that's the hustle the Penguins need. They just need to hustle. These offensive guys need to forecheck better. They need to pressure the other team. When your team is nearly last in shots allowed per game, that means you're not pressuring the other team. They get to do what they want with you. They just toy with you. And they get as many shots off as they want. And eventually, a few of them are going to go in. Um, so be more aggressive. Don't don't fucking start throwing penalties everywhere. It's not what I mean by get more aggressive. But you got to be more aggressive in the forecheck. you got to be smarter. You have to be able to get back into plays when you lose the puck. I get it. Fucking skating is goddamn hard. All right? It's fucking hard to do. But I still think you just got to gotta be able to get back. And you have to be aggressive on the other players. You have to make sure they don't have the puck so much of the time. Um, and 
it's been it's been a slow start to the year. I think slow is a good word for it. Um, slow getting back into play, slow and build up for the offense. The power play is off to a slow start. Penalty kills off to a slow start. Letting all the goals, Jari and DeSmith are off to a slow start. You know, these players are slowly going up and down the ice. I mean, this is the reason why I think the third and fourth line have been so valuable to the Penguins. And in a way that they don't even see it, it's because they hustle. They're over the boards and they're hauling their ass to the puck. They're hauling their ass to the right position. They get it back and play defense. Yes, they're not the greatest goddamn players in the world. That's why they're third and fourth line. But they bring energy to this to the table, and that's what the Penguins need right now is they need some energy. And we are on a seven-game losing streak. I think it's about time. You gotta act fast. If you you your every team's goal is a Stanley Cup. Are the and the, that's that was the goal of the Penguins coming in this year. That's why they resigned everybody. You can't just lay over now after you just resigned your two two big three four big off off season you know players. You can't just roll over and oh well we're not playing good. So now we got to rebuild. No, you have three generational talents on your team, and you're just gonna now you resign them all. And now you're gonna rebuild. That's not how it works. You got to win now. What do the Penguins need to do to win? In my opinion, it needs to come with a trade. They've got to get somebody else into this team. And it would probably not be the greatest, like, initial environment or, like, initial get-off. Like, they wouldn't start hot. They probably wouldn't have great chemistry right away because it's kind of a mess right now. Seven-game losing streak, not in a good place. Coaching might be a little bit of a mess right now but because they're trying to figure stuff out and get the team back on track. But this team needs an injection of youth badly badly yes yes there's a lot of old teams in the league penguins are like cream of the crop though they're very old and i think it's just been lazy and slow and they need youth why do you think they're getting out hustled by the kraken the canadians why do you think that it's because they they got teams full of young players full of young players and they look so fun to watch the Canadians look fun to watch compared to the Penguins. The the Kraken look fun to watch. The Senators, well, maybe they're not so young. The Red Wings. I watched the Red Wings game. They looked fun to watch against the Rangers. They look fun. Um, the Rangers probably look fun too because they're a very young team, but I can't say that because um, for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, I can't say that. We can, I can't be a New York fan, all right, um, after the play just you just can't. I, I looked it up, actually. Fun fact, not fun at all, actually. F- since 2013, I think? Since 2013, the Penguins have played the playoffs nine times. So, the last nine years. Whatever nine years ago is, start there. I don't really know where that is, but it's probably 2013. Start there. It's 2013 or 14. Start there. Exclude the two Stanley Cup years. So, 16-17, exclude that. So, we're at seven seasons. In seven seasons, the Penguins have been eliminated from the playoffs by a New York team five times. So, no, I cannot say that the Rangers are fun to watch. I'm sorry. Um, what else do we got? Think, think, think. Well, come on, baby. Do I have a brain here? Teams that play in the NHL. Who are they? Not quite sure. Not ringing a bell. Can't think of any other fun, exciting teams. The Maple Leafs are kind of young. They're fun to watch. Um, 
Who else? The Flyers are kind of young. Probably fun to watch. I haven't watched a single one of their games. I'm sorry, Flyers. Uh, just not obligated to as a Pittsburgh guy. I mean, I, I, I have yet to have resentment towards you. Like, I haven't known... I understand it's a huge rivalry, but when you just get into a new team and, like, start supporting a new team, I don't have, like, a personal hate relationship with you yet. Like, you've done nothing since I've started watching that makes me hate you yet. I'm sure it will come eventually. It will happen eventually. Um, But as of now, you're okay. You're fine. Whatever. You You can be yourselves. Until you do something stupid... Or something I'm not going to like. Then we can talk. Then we'll talk about it. And I'll hate you. But until then, I guess you're fine. Uh, so the Flyers kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, these young, energetic... That was a huge, long-ass tangent. I'm sorry. But again, these young teams. Fun to watch. That's the premise. And the Penguins need to trade to get more young. Either that, or dip into your AHL pool. Grab some defensemen there. What? It's the same goddamn players every year, man. Maybe... Maybe give some of those guys a shot. I know we're giving Poolin a shot. Drew O'Connor's in there. Caglia? 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 I don't know how to say his fucking name, but he's in there. He's like 30 years old, but he plays in the AHL mostly. He gets some shots. You know, Paling's in there. Uh, fourth line forward, he, doesn't, he played mostly in the, in the NHL with the Canadians, but whatever. You know, maybe dip into your AHL pool will look for these guys that need... But this needs to be fixed, and... Maybe get creative with how you do it. I don't know. Just get creative. Try things. Don't don't just keep letting it happen. Don't just keep fucking running your head into a goddamn wall expecting anything to change. I I I, I was going to make another analogy, but I'm not going to because I made like four already and that's too much. Side tangent's just too long, but whatever. Um, but that's it. That is it for today's episode of the C-String Podcast. Um, I, it is hard for me to make these when the penguins keep losing man it's really sad i have to force myself to make them because man i you know the penguins lose and i just they're like i don't want to fucking write the script for this i don't i don't want to talk about it god i don't want to find some new amazing record-breaking stat that the penguins just lost again i don't want to do that but here i am um but that's gonna do it for today's episode of the c-string podcast hope you guys enjoyed and uh, that was episode number three of Penguin Prattle. I will probably talk to you guys um, in the middle of that like flurry of games in the middle of de- November, but we'll see. Other than that, I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Beep.